Today is Friday, September 24th, 2021, and here are three things you need to know to be smart today. Race, hustler, and grifter Al Sharpton is surrounded by patriots in Texas and shouted out of that state. The good people of Del Rio said, bring your hatred elsewhere, and it's a beautiful thing to see. AOC weeps on the House floor because terrorists can no longer bomb Israel. That's right, the Iron Dome got funded and the squad got destroyed. We have the full boat breakdown for you, and criminal Haitian and Afghan migrants get charged with felonies for criminal acts. Some horrific stuff here. We'll break it all down for you. This is what happens when you import criminals into your country. They behave criminally. It's not too hard. Resignations now are dropping in the collapsing Biden administration, and the polls are looking worse than ever. Our good news for you today is that the Biden administration is crumbling. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. My fellow Americans, there is a corrupt cabal of authoritarians who wish to take over this country. They do not want you to have freedom. They do not want you to live free. They want to control you. You can see it in every facet of American society right now. The number one way that they wish to control the population is to control our information. That is why they want to take control of our narratives. That's why they want to take control of our very truth. The only way to fight that is to create our own independent media, and that's what we're doing here on this channel. Your support of independent creators like this show means more now than ever. We thank you so much on The Benny Show for listening. Please, if you want to support us, click a like and click a subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. It really does mean a lot to us. It's how we keep going. We do not wish to have corporate backing or corporate support on this show because we always want to be able to tell you the truth. We verify our sources and we give it to you straight on this show. And boy, do we have a spicy show for you today. Let's start off with our first story, Al Sharpton getting the sharp end of the stick here in Texas, getting kicked out of the state of Texas. So why was Al Sharpton in Texas? Well, let's jump to CBS Austin here that has the full story. Protesters hijack Reverend Al Sharpton's press conference after touring migrant camp in Del Rio. Del Rio has obviously been ground zero for Joe Biden's border crisis, a migrant crisis of unparalleled proportions at our border, open borders laid bare. The visuals are unmistakable. You cannot get around them. This is what an invasion looks like, an invasion of our country, an invasion of our culture, an invasion of our very land. And it's illegal, of course. It's okay to call them criminal migrants is exactly what they are. There are so many laws on the books that state definitively that non-nationals crossing into American sovereign territory is criminal and indeed a felony if you do not immediately turn yourself over to Border Patrol. You can say it was an accident. In fact, some people do, and that happens quite often, frankly. But if you indeed stay in this country without turning yourself in, you are a felon. You are a felon. The Immigration Act of 1965, making it an illegal act to cross into our country. Actually, the Immigration Act of 1965 passed and written entirely by Democrats. Just letting you know that. A little bit of history there. 1965, boy, Joe Biden was just about ready to hop into Congress. He would have signed that bill 
and now he is doing everything in his power to destroy it. Now, what's unique about this Al Sharpton visit is that Al Sharpton didn't care about this issue at all. You didn't hear a damn thing from Al Sharpton at all. He sat in his MSNBC studio and he had his hair coiffed and he had, you know, his makeup done and he posted weird selfies and he wasn't doing anything about the border. He didn't care about the border. He didn't care about the migrant crisis at all until there were some images of Border Patrol keeping migrants from crossing into our country illegally on horseback. That's right. Now, the liberal press accused them of using whips on those migrants. That has been debunked fully. The Border Patrol has said definitively they don't carry whips, but that didn't stop the Biden administration from banning all horse-backed officers from patrolling. Yeah, that's right. The Biden administration bit the hoax, the race hoax, hook, line, and sinker, even though it was fully and totally debunked. No, no. There is no hoax that is absurd enough. There is no racial fomentation that is low enough or beneath this modern Democratic Party. In fact, if you rip back the edifices of what holds up the modern Democratic Party, what you will find is the pillars are actually race hoaxes. That's right. Bubba Wallace with NASCAR, Jesse Smollett. Boy, even the things that Joe Biden were saying during the campaign, like, you ain't black, (laughs) they said that that was just Joe Biden joking. That's just a hoax. And here we have another hoax that the the left just runs into with open arms. Yes, yes, people were being whipped on our border. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lie. It is a lie, and it has been debunked. It is another vicious, vicious slander laid at the feet of our noble, understaffed, underpaid, and undersupported law enforcement. And it is evil to see men like Al Sharpton go down to the border in order to make things worse for them. Their lives are already terrible. The Border Patrol agents are already stretched far too thin. I speak with them regularly. I have multiple contacts inside of the Border Patrol. Their lives are already so broken. Their systems are so broken. You can see it in real time. It is so depressing to watch. Yet here we are with Al Sharpton walking down to rub salt into the wound to take a situation that has already been debunked and that has already been pacified and to make it worse. Well, you see, that's what Al Sharpton does. Al Sharpton's done it his entire career. So why can I call Al Sharpton a race hoaxer? Well, let's go ahead and take a step back here and look at Al Sharpton's illustrious career in making sure that he inflames racial tensions and drives as many illegitimate and utterly debunked racial hoaxes for his own profit. That is precisely what Al Sharpton has done his entire life. Al Sharpton has inspired riots. He inspired riots in New York. He inspired riots against Jewish people with whom he called white interlopers and diamond merchants. He called them the devil. He called them bastards. He wanted Jews to pin down their yarmulkes and go fight him. These are quotes. He also called people of the Jewish faith blood-sucking Jews. These are quotes 
from Al Sharpton. He now has a show on MSNBC. Oh, really? That's interesting, Benny, because it turns out that I, a student of history, has gone through and found another MSNBC host, a man named Joe Scarborough, found a piece of legislation that Joe Scarborough entered into the congressional record here in the year 2000. In March 20th of the year 2000, Joe Scarborough, of all people, Joe Scarborough, you know, Morning Joe, you know, Al Sharpton's colleague at MSNBC, the guy, you know, they go on like the MSNBC yacht together. These guys go out and drink champagne, but not in the year 2000 when Joe Scarborough was submitting a resolution to the U.S. House. The name of the resolution? Condemning the racist and anti-Semitic views of the Reverend Al Sharpton. Just going to go ahead and read you a little portion of this from Al Sharpton's co-worker, Joe Scarborough. Al Sharpton's vicious, verbal, anti-Semitic attacks directed at members of the Jewish faith, and in particular, a Jewish landlord arising from a simple landlord-tenant dispute with a black tenant incited widespread violence, riots, and the murder of five innocent people. Yeah, Al Sharpton is a murderer by proxy. He inspired the riots based on hoaxes. He's done it his entire career. Al Sharpton was also instrumental in popularizing the Tawana Brawley hoax. You may remember Tawana Brawley, but this did happen a little while ago. 1987 is when this racial hoax occurred. Tawana Brawley claimed that four white men had raped her and had written racial slurs on her body afterwards. This, of course, proved entirely to be false. A grand jury found that Tawana Brawley actually did this to herself. She created the appearance of this racial attack. Al Sharpton, presumably knowing that everything was fake and that wasn't true, used this in order to gain national prominence and fame for himself. Tawana Brawley was actually successfully sued for defamation by one of the people who she had defamed in the case, one of the people she had wrongfully accused. It is remarkable how many of these racial hoaxes Al Sharpton has been a part of. He was a loud voice for the more recent Jesse Smollett and Bubba Wallace hoaxes. You remember Jesse Smollett paying two Ugandan migrants to pose as Trump supporters, put a noose around him, and then to claim that he had been beaten up by his training partners in the gym. That's right. And then, of course, Bubba Wallace claiming that there was a noose in his garage when actually every garage had a noose that FBI sent 30 agents down to investigate. Turns out that uh, that was just a garage pull and that everyone in the garage had one. Yeah, all of these racial hoaxes pushed by Al Sharpton and now the newest flavor of the week of the racial hoax Baskin-Robbins that Al Sharpton used to eat a lot of, but I guess he's lost some weight now, is that Border Patrol is whipping Haitian migrants. That's right. That's what Al Sharpton was down in Del Rio to talk about. He was down there to do exactly what he's always talked about, to do what Joe Scarborough entered actual legislation into the congressional record to condemn Al Sharpton for creating more racial strife and promoting racial hoaxes. It's what he does. So here is the story. Al Sharpton was shouted down by protesters in Del Rio during a border visit. Del Rio is a loving, caring community. We don't want your racism in Texas. Get out of here. It's amazing stuff to see. Sharpton had a group of faith leaders to say they went down to tour the migrant camp and meet and pray with refugees and wake 
up the humanitarian crisis. Protesters interrupted his speech, and he left without taking questions. Kelsey French, who was the wife of a Border Patrol agent, had this to say. He incites violence and riots, and he is not pro-cop. Our community is very pro-cop. We support our men and women in the green and in the blue. Green is the color of the Border Patrol police. And every color that they wear, we love them, and we do not want them here. We do not want trouble. Amen. Al Sharpton, during his grotesque career, has also, of course, gone after the police as a ever-ready target for his hatred. Al Sharpton has a history of racist and anti-Semitic views. That's exactly right. And so he was shouted out of the good city of Texas by the good people of Del Rio. Here's what that sounded like. Why are you All right. Well, I appreciate and applaud you patriots in Del Rio, Texas. You do not need Al Sharpton. He is the lowest of the low. He is a parasitical individual. He eats and breathes and survives. The sustenance is other people's pains. His sustenance is the guilt that Americans feel over racial injustices and crimes in our past. He uses that to motivate and to get people's anger and rage up to make things worse, to inspire hatred against other groups, whether that be Jewish people or police officers or white people or NASCAR fans. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as it means an extra paycheck for Al Sharpton. He is there. He is not down in Del Rio to make things better. He is not down in Del Rio to make the world a better place. He went to Del Rio to get on the news and to further inflame racial strife in this country. It's awful. He's making the lives of those police officers less safe. And good on those families for getting up in his face. This is how Al Sharpton should be treated every single place he goes. Period. Good. Al Sharpton, of course, was not the only anti-Semite to have a tearful and sad performance, to be utterly humiliated on camera. AOC joined him in that regard. AOC roasted for shedding crocodile tears after crying over Israel Iron Dome House vote. This from Fox News. The New York lawmaker became emotional after the vote passed 420 to 9 to approve Iron Dome funding. So what was the little tiff here? The Iron Dome is funded and supplied through American technology and and, and an agreement with the Israeli government and the Israeli people. We have strong pacts with democracies around the world to help them protect themselves, and Israel is the most under-attack democracy on our planet, has been 
since its inception, quite frankly. And the Iron Dome is purely a defensive weapon. The Iron Dome doesn't fire missiles into Palestinian territory. The Iron Dome does not attack innocent civilians, much like the evil, barbaric terrorists, the evil, barbaric regimes funded by Iran, and then funneled through Hamas in the Gaza Strip and in the West Bank. These terrorists are bloodthirsty monsters. They fire on Israeli civilians, children, schools. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've been to Israel a number of times. It is horrific. They shoot rockets with reckless abandon. These are dumb rockets that often cannot be really pointed accurately, and they hit all manner of residential buildings and old people, the elderly, the children, they die in these rocket attacks. So Israel has every, of course, right to defend itself, its own borders, its own skies, and that is what the Iron Dome does. The Iron Dome was put into action just beautifully in the last few uh, in the last few months. I believe it was in May when you could see those remarkable that remarkable footage of the Iron Dome blowing uh, missiles out of the sky. It really is an effective tool. It really is space age. It's a remarkable system. And of course, it's a system that keeps Jews safe. It keeps Jews from dying at the hands of bloodthirsty terrorists. So of course, the squad hates it. Of course, the squad doesn't want America to fund it. The squad actually was so effective in their opposition to this funding of the Iron Dome for the protection of innocent Jewish children that they had to break it out from the greater overall infrastructure package, this massive, lard-filled bill that Nancy Pelosi is trying to shove through the sewage pipes of Washington, D.C. They had to break it out to have its own independent vote because it was that important. That vote failed miserably for the squad. It uh, rang through beautifully for defenders of Israel, democracy, and freedom around the world, but the squad got utterly crushed in a 420-9 vote. I read to you from foxnews.com. Squad member Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat New York, was accused Thursday of shedding crocodile tears after she reportedly broke down crying on the House floor following the vote to give another $1 billion to Israel in order to restore its Iron Dome missile interception system. Ocasio-Cortez and her progressive caucus had expressed opposition to the bill, forcing Democrats to pull the provision from the bill earlier in the day in order to ensure its passage along party lines. On Thursday, the New York lawmaker voted against the funding, but raised eyebrows only when she later amended her vote to present at the last minute. (laughs) Poor AOC. Poor, I have a one-year-old. My one-year-old, when you take her to a grocery store, she like wanders around and is just amazed at everything and doesn't know how things works and gets into trouble and makes silly mistakes. And, you know, my one-year-old can, can toddle, right? So she can walk around and she can touch the bread aisle and she, a cereal box fell on her head the other day. It's, it's, it's comical and it's cute and it's adorable. And that's like watching AOC in Congress. It's cute. It's adorable. And she's obviously just like an infantile child who is sobbing and crying when she doesn't get her way, who like has boxes falling on her head and is uh, just regularly lost, confused, and uh, uh, in total wonder as to how the great big world works around her. That's AOC in the congressional supermarket. That is like just like my infant, just like my one-year-old, just like my toddler, I guess is the right 
language, the right word to call her. Ocasio-Cortez reportedly became emotional on the floor and was seen being comforted by her colleagues. Online critics did not take too well to the lawmaker's flair for dramatics. AOC seems distraught. She is in the middle of the House floor, weeping away tears, crying into her colleagues' shoulders, journalist Jake Sherman wrote on Twitter. Theater and bad theater at that, Meghan McCain said. Online users speculated that the lawmaker wanted to vote no, but was talked out of it for some strategic reason She, as she sets her eyes on the Senate. Ha! <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> please, AOC, run for Senate. I swear. Please run for Senate. Amazing stuff. Really, truly a beautiful, a, a beautiful thing to see. The, uh, the number of, the number of failures and losses that the Democratic Party is facing right now, the collapse and total collapse uh, of the Joe Biden presidency is utterly at hand. It, I mean, it, tr- it truly is. On every conceivable policy level, this administration is just crumbling. Here, you have a situation where the press is turning on Biden. The press is turning on the Biden administration at a severe and alarming whiplash, neck-snapping pace. It is remarkable. The press actually stormed into Jen Psaki's office, the White House press court just the other day, in order to issue complaints because Joe Biden hasn't taken a question from them in what seems like a generation. Joe Biden is gathering moss in the White House. Mr. Mr. Houseplant is just sitting there being a houseplant, not taking any questions, refused to take questions at a bilateral meeting with the United Kingdom's Prime Minister Boris Johnson just this week. But also they are turning on him uh, in the corporate media and cable media sense. I mean, there is just some savagery going on of Joe Biden in corporate media. We just wanted to sprinkle a little bit of that in here. Here is uh, Chuck Todd being just brutal. Chuck Todd, of course, being part of the human centipede from the DNC that just regurgitates DNC talking points. But boy, he had a uh, bee in his bonnet this day. This is from last weekend. Chuck Todd just savaging Biden. Listen to this. Well, look, I think he's got a, a, a pretty big uh, credibility crisis on his hands because all of these problems in some ways showed up after he said something basically the exact opposite. Afghanistan withdrawal wasn't going to be messy. This wasn't going to look like Saigon. Uh, the booster shots, he came out and he essentially said eight months and even indicated maybe we should start it as soon as five months. Now we're not sure if anybody under 65 is going to get a booster shot. Uh, so, you know, he's had and of course, the border has been, you know, whether this is, you could we can talk about the border problems. You could say there's years in the making, but the, the, it's pretty clear we have a bigger problem now than we've had in years. And this is a these policies have turned into becoming a magnet. So he's got a lot of work to do. That was Chuck Todd with just a public lashing of the person with whom he has licked the boots and kissed the butt of the most. It is truly some lost love there. Chuck Todd goes to bed every night with a romance novel with Joe Biden on it. Joe Biden riding one of those border horses, right? Holding a real whip. That's what Chuck Todd goes to bed reading. That is the romance novel of his nighttime routine. And now it is stained with tears, AOC crocodile tears, sticking the pages of that romance novel together as Chuck Todd watches the Joe Biden administration utterly collapse in abysmal failure. And indeed, they are failing. Even their own administration officials are resigning 
and it is pretty shocking to see. The administration officials are resigning over Joe Biden's incompetence in handling of the Haitian border crisis. Joe Biden reportedly will be sending Haitian migrants to Gitmo, this from the Daily Mail, and that has infuriated Joe Biden's Haiti envoy. Joe Biden's Haitian envoy has resigned in disgrace over the inhumane decision to deport thousands of Haitian refugees. He warns that it will the crisis will only grow and slams Biden for causing it. That's right. U.S. Special Envoy to Haiti, Daniel Foote, resigned on Wednesday. A Thursday report revealed this resignation. In his resignation letter, he stated, I will not be associated with the United States' inhumane, counterproductive decision to deport thousands of Haitian refugees and illegal immigrants to Haiti. Okay. <laughs> well, then where are they legal? Also in the letter, Foote said that his recommendations to help Haiti have been ignored and dismissed. He blamed the Biden administration for exacerbating the crisis and their policies. He also said that Biden makes things worse in Haiti by backing the unelected leader after the coup, claiming that picking the winner will produce catastrophic results. That's right. DHS, what he is referring to, is DHS seeking to run a migrant detention facility in Guantanamo Bay. This infuriated Biden's left flank. It's infuriating people serving in the Biden regime. It is pissing off everybody. The press is angry at Biden. There's no one in the country who likes Biden right now, actually. Nobody in the country likes Biden, and that is for sure of our military and indeed our police on the border who is having to deal with this influx of migrants, this catastrophic invasion of our country, the likes of which we have never seen. Now we have shocking reports about what is actually happening inside of these migrant detention facilities, and it is grotesque. Sit back and fast forward through this part of the podcast if you do not want to hear the grotesque, truly dark, satanic details of what happens when you bring the third world to the first world, what happens when you bring the people who have lived barbarically into our society, into a renaissance society, into a society built on natural law and equality of human beings and respect for children? No, 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 no. All manners of criminality and horror get brought with them. And you cannot expect them to just suddenly change because they are standing on American soil. No, no. Here we are reading from the New York Post. Federal agents indict two Afghan refugees for sexually abusing children. Spousal abuse in Afghanistan. Taliban says public executions will return. So will amputations as punishment for defying religious law. So there you go. Listen, guys, you had a situation. If you talk to any Afghan vet, Anyone who served in Afghanistan, they will tell you that Afghanistan is a tough place. It's a rough place. These people live with mental scars forever because of what they saw there. They saw some cruel and inhumane and awful things. There are traditions in Afghanistan that would make you lose your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It would make you not sleep for a couple weeks if you heard about the way that people live and are treated inside of the more remote villages. These places might as well just not really have any contact with the modern world and certainly no contact with modern morality. Some awful, awful things happen. And now those people who do those awful things have been brought to America and are being charged by our government. Here are the details. 
A federal grand jury in Wisconsin indicted two Afghan refugees Wednesday, accusing them of committing crimes while they were staying at a local army base and being taken out of Afghanistan. Uh, Barula Nuri, 20, is charged with one count of attempting to engage in sexual acts with a minor by force and three counts of engaging in sexual acts with a minor. One of the latter counts also alleges the use of force. Investigators say Nori's alleged victims were under the age of 16. So sickening. The indictment, the indictment specifically alleges that Nori touched uh, the genitalia of one of his victims and three on three separate occasions on Fort McCoy, the Army installation located approximately 100 miles northwest of Madison. One of them alleges the assault occurred on the barracks and one other took place in a bathroom. The second indictment charges 32-year-old Muhammad Maroon Ilad with assaulting his wife on September 7th by strangling and suffocating her. A complaint states that Imad's wife claimed to soldiers through an interpreter that her husband had also struck her children on multiple occasions and alleged that he beat me many times in Afghanistan to the point that I lost vision in both eyes. Well done, Biden administration. Well done. There you go. That is your pro-woman Biden administration. Yes, fantastic. Really great job. Well, while the Biden administration is importing those wonderful people to our country and now charging them uh, by grand juries, so now they're importing them into a prison, maybe they'll send them to Guantanamo Bay because there are some empty cells. Because we released terrorists from Guantanamo Bay under the Biden administration, under the Obama administration in which Biden was serving in, and those terrorists now run the slave terror state, largest in the world, Afghanistan. That's right. Those same terrorists, many, many of them released by the Biden administration from Guantanamo Bay, are running Afghanistan. It turns out that they are building back burqa, right? They're building back burqa. That's going to be their slogan because... It seems like the Taliban is back, baby, and so is strict punishments and executions. Here I read to you from AP News. One of the founders of the Taliban and the, and the chief enforcer of its harsh interpretation of Islamic law when they last ruled Afghanistan said that the hardline movement will once again carry out executions and amputations of hands, though perhaps not in public. Wow, there's modernization for you. Thanks, Biden. Thanks, Joe Biden. No, no longer public executions just in private executions. In an interview with the Associated Press, Mullah Norudi Turaub discussed outrage over the Taliban's executions in the past, which sometimes took place in front of crowds at stadiums, and warned the, the world against interfering with Afghanistan's new rulers. Everyone criticized us for the punishments in the stadiums, but we have never said anything about their laws and their punishments, Turaub told the Associated Press. No one will tell us what our laws should be. We will follow Islam, and we will make laws on the Quran. Since the Taliban overran Kabul on August 15th, meaning since Joe Biden handed them the city, and seized the country of Afghanistan, Afghans and the world have been watching to see whether they will recreate the harsh rule of the late 1990s. Tarubi's comments pointed out how the group's leaders remain entrenched in a deeply conservative, hardline worldview, even if they are embracing technological changes like video and mobile phones that, of course, we left them and handed to them, and all the sophisticated weaponry that America can possibly provide to you. Thank you, Joe Biden. Cutting off of hands is very necessary for security, he said, saying that the deterrent that it has a deterrent effect. 
He also said the cabinet was studying whether to do punishments in public and will develop a policy. Wow. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary Blinken. Thank you, Jen Psaki. Remember when you said the Taliban was businesslike? Taliban is businesslike and professional. Their interior minister has an FBI wanted poster. He's got a $10 million bounty on his head. That's what's the business? We are here to celebrate the return of American citizens who wanted to leave Afghanistan, of legal permanent residents, of Afghans who fought by our side to Qatar successfully on a Qatari Airlines flight. Uh, and in order to get those people out, we had to work with some members of the Taliban to press them uh, and to work uh, in a business-like manner to get them out. People who have not been businessmen-like, that would not get the pat on the head from Jen Psaki, people who have not been professional have been the criminal migrants of Haiti who have surged our border and are now biting agents in our military. That's right. Haitians bite ICE officers on deportation flight. Well, okay, here we go. Reading to you from the Washington Examiner. Del Rio, Texas. Federal assault charges will be brought against two Haitian migrants after they bit federal law enforcement officials on board a deportation flight when the plane was taxiing on the runway. Washington Examiner has learned. The runway incident is the latest episode in which Haitian migrants who have been deemed inadmissible to the United States after illegally crossing the border, have refused to accept their fate and is now indicative of a growing problem for government-contracted officials tasked with removing the specific population of the country. On Monday, a flight that was set to depart Laughlin Air Force Base in Del Rio at 8 a.m. local time was heading towards the runway when it was forced to return to the gate because of a disturbance on the plane. Two of the passengers left their seats and attacked the Immigration and Custom Enforcement Officers and Removal Operation Officers. The Haitians realized that they were going back to Haiti and they lost it, a senior federal law enforcement officer told us. Yeah, great job, guys. Great job all around. Great job, everyone. Really, truly. It is remarkable to see what open borders truly brings to this country. It is the horrors of your worst nightmare. The criminal elements from around the globe are coming to this nation and behaving criminally. Truly. Anyone could have predicted this, but here we are. The Biden administration still lives inside of a self-induced dysphoria, still live inside of a self-induced coma, maybe uh, because that's how Joe Biden lives. Maybe they just follow after dear leader, right? Joe's in a coma. Maybe we should all be in a coma. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas said indeed that the border was closed in congressional hearings just this week. The border's closed? The borders cl- Haitian migrants are biting our federal officials on planes. Haitian migrants are revolting on buses and taking them over and driving them into the countryside and escaping. Nearly 20,000 Haitian migrants were stuck under a bridge. They were building camps. They built little thatched huts. I've been to Haiti. It actually looked like Haiti under that bridge. Shocking to go through and look at the actual photos. When you import the third world, your nation becomes third world. Period. It is so frustrating with these people. It is so irritating. Never in my life have I seen such belligerence, such delinquency, such open contempt for you and me and the American way of life. For our intelligence, these people disgust me. 
The borders are closed. The borders are closed. How the hell did 20,000 Haitians get here? Haiti is 2,000 miles away from us in the middle of the ocean. The middle of the Caribbean Ocean. How the hell did they get here? Where are they coming from? Those are some questions. What are you going to do to stop the next 20,000? Here, Secretary Mayorkas, lying through his forked tongue, slithering on his belly into an interview to lie. Do not want to be at the pearly gates when this guy gets there. Watch this. We have reiterated that our borders are not open and people should not make the dangerous journey. Individuals and families are subject to border restrictions, including expulsion. We know all too well on this show exactly how open the border is. We had a special drop today, a special on Turning Point USA, our show Benny on the Block. We rebranded the show to Benny on the Border. We went to the southern border in Yuma, Arizona, and we found some shocking insights. Here's a little bit of what we saw on our southern border. Do you want to know about open borders today? We got you. This is your difference. This is what Trump built. And then we swing around here. This is what Biden's building. Little sheds. Little shanty sheds. Welcome stations. Who do you trust? The people who've lied to you for the last hundred years in your political establishment? Or your own two eyes that God gave you? Boom. There it is. Your open border. The border is secure. The border is closed. It's wide open right now. It's wide open. You don't even have to sneak. You just walk. Welcome to the southern border, the border of the United States and Mexico. This is a special edition of Benny on the Border. We've changed the name of the show because we are in crisis. This country is in crisis. I currently stand on top of a pile of unbuilt wall. Good, solid steel wall sitting rotting in the desert. Today, you are going to see a show that shocks you. You are going to see a show that absolutely exposes the corruption and the cruelty of the people in charge of this country. The political establishment that wants you less safe, we will show you with your own two eyes how they are making sure that your country is less safe your neighborhood, your life, your children at risk and creating a modern day slave state inside of America. Their cruelty knows no bounds. Get ready for this episode of Benny on the Border. We're going to build the wall. It's going to be built. So no, the border is not closed. Yes, your administration lies to you. Yes, they do it because they hate you. They don't love this country and they don't love you. They love power. And the lying gets them power. The stupid people, the low IQ, low information people, they'll believe what they see on the TV. That's all they're trying to reach. That's all they're trying to get to. The low information, low IQ people. Those people do not listen to this show. No, no, no. Those people know what's actually happening. Those people are getting animated. Those people are getting angry. 
Those people are getting excited to go out and save their country. It's why we are here on The Benny Show. We are here for you. That is our only mission, to provide you with the information that they will not that your corporate media will not. We are so thankful you guys have made us a top 10 podcast. Once again, we are so happy and proud of this audience. We will not let you down. We are here for you. We are wanting to give you the good news, and we certainly want to end on a good note. Just a final note here, Joe Biden is utterly collapsing in the polls. Biden loses ground with public on issues of personal traits and job approval. So let's read the poll. Joe Biden's job approval is 44.53 in a new poll from Pew Research, hardly a right-wing site. He was 55.43 in Pew's July poll. Man, that is a shift of negative 21 points downward in two months. A cliff for Joe Biden. This follows yesterday's Gallup poll, which was disastrous for Biden. 43 to 53. It's a disastrous decline for Biden. 56% describe Biden's mental sharpness as not well. 21% saying he's not too well. 35% saying he's not well at all. 35% saying he's not well at all. Joe Biden lost 18 points in his job approval rating among blacks in the last two months and 16 points among Hispanics, 14 points among among Asians, and only eight points among whites. Whites, what are you doing? Is Joe Biden the candidate of white supremacy? Who knows? Whites seem to like Joe Biden. Why is that? Everyone else got woke. Everyone else got wise. Everyone else became awake to what Joe Biden was doing. Not the whites. Okay, whites. Let's have a discussion. All right, guys, I I just I just can't believe how catastrophically the Joe Biden administration is going. It really is a wonderful thing. Help me pop some popcorn. Pop popcorn with me. Follow us on the show. We're going to be popping popcorn. We're going to be showing you exactly the catastrophe, the calamity, the collapse of these abject traitorous cowards that run our government. They don't like you. They don't love this country. They really do hate this country. They wouldn't behave. That's the only explanation. Truly. Occam's razor, guys. The least number of assumptions is the right conclusion. Get the least number of assumptions. Here they are. They just hate America. They hate it. this country as it is constituted. They hate our Constitution. They're going to do everything they can to destroy it, and we're going to stop them. We're going to stop them. We're going to start here on The Benny Show. We thank you all so very much for your support this week, for following, downloading, and listening. And we will be back next week with the same old fire. You know it. Three stories you got to know today and some good news. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.